welcome the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Hey, Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Hey, I am doing okay, you know? I uh, I haven't been benched. I'm a veteran contributor, and I haven't been benched this week, so I guess I'm doing a little better than Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was all bad. <laughs> Woo! There's, there's a way to handle these things, and there's a way not to handle these things, and the Giants shows the way not to handle these things. It just didn't make much sense to me. Um, I saw a quote from the owner that was kind of eye-opening. He said that uh, (laughs) they had no idea the way that Eli would react when they told him that they, okay, you can start, but after halftime, you know, you're going to the bench and we'll put in one of these young guys. (laughs) I mean, like, how fucking disrespectful was that? Yeah. Look, it, it it almost implies that they think every game they're going to be losing at halftime, right? Yeah. Because why would Eli Manning want to come out of a game where they're winning at halftime or if they're, they're at least competitive and maybe can even win? Yeah. Right? I mean, he's not going to get any of the accolades if they do win because the young guy led them to the victory. But he's probably going to get most of the blame if they lose. And, and it's just dumb. I mean – why do that now? That's so you're so uh, uh, intent on finding out if you have the quarterback of the future on your roster right now that you do this to a guy who helped you win two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean it's just it's like the the icing on the top of this shitty cake <laughs> that the <laughs> Giants have been baking all year. Yeah, and you know whereas they didn't have to bench Eli. They're keeping the head coach. He still has the full confidence of the owners, evidently. So if there was somebody that should have been benched, it was the head coach. Yeah. 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 And, and that's – and, like, the head coach was like, I mean, what, this guy's going to save the season? I mean, they're they're – I mean, I think they might even be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already. And if they're not, it's just a technicality because at 2-9 and nine, with five games left to play, you ain't going to play. <laughs> Well, no, they explicitly are saying they gave up on the season with the plan for Eli to start, but then get benched at halftime. Yeah. You're telling the fans right off the bat, hey, you can spend money on these tickets if you want to, but we've already given up. So uh, it's it's just, it's transparently bullshit. Yeah. And, and they used Eli Manning for this. Uh, they didn't have to do that. That, that. That's all I'm saying is that, look, you're not going anywhere anyway. What's what, what's so bad about letting the man ride out <laughs> on his own in his own way? You know, yeah. and, and it's just it, such a weird way for it to end for a guy like Eli. No matter how he was playing, okay. Yeah. Again, if you're in a playoff hunt and you're trying to spark the team or something, I get it. But you're not going anywhere. You yourself are saying, hey, we aren't going anywhere because we were going to let uh, Eli start and let somebody else come in regardless of the situation in the game yeah. to start the second half. So uh, if you're going to give up anyway, why not just let the guy or at least ask him? You know, maybe you assumed, and that's a big old ASS, assumed <laughs> that Eli would be cool with this. But once he said he wasn't, why not say, you know what, you're right. Yeah. Let's just ride this out the end of the season, and then we can clean house from everybody, and everybody can move on. Yeah. In the off season, it just it's like people are so lacking in common sense these days. It's I just a, don't get it. It's an epidemic. <laughs> I and like, what do they expect? I mean, like, I guess you know, like, all right, well. I mean, I don't know what, you know, you've seen Geno Smith play. And I mean, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'd like, I, you know, I think Geno Smith's probably good enough to get a second chance at some point in the season, but like not under these circumstances. And like, if the plan is there's like, they were saying, it's like, well, this is really about, you know, they want to make sure Davis Webb, the rookie gets some playing time this year. So what, the, what do you expect to see from these guys? The offensive line sucks. There's no running game. I don't know who the hell they're going to throw to. Cause all the receivers are hurt. So, I mean, <laughs> and that, and you're that's setting the flip them up side to fail. This. Exactly. That's the flip side of this is 
now you've made both of them villains anyway. Yeah. Right? Because now the fans are conflicted. If I cheer for him, does that mean I'm booing Eli? You yeah. know what I mean? If I if I cheer for them, does that mean I'm showing approval for them benching Eli? So even if they win, you know, these last few games, it's probably going to be with the fans booing them half the time. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Again, I, I feel like we shouldn't just write uh, uh, Geno Smith off quite yet. Right. We haven't even seen what Webb can do. But in this particular situation, you just in a season, like I said, in a season where everything has already gone to shit, you know, players and, and unnamed execs saying you, your head coach isn't up to the job, doesn't know what he's doing, <laughs> uh, you know, all kind of crazy shit going on. You decide, let me add to this chaos by benching a guy who's been the face of the franchise for, I think, 13 years, won won your two Super Bowls, has never been in any kind of trouble, and this is how you treat him. Like, why? What is the motivation? You couldn't possibly get enough. That's what I'm saying is, like you said, they're not going to come in and set the world on fire because they, like Eli, don't have a lot of talent around them now. All the receivers are hurt. I mean, they got an all-pro team on the, on our heart right now, <laughs> right? But the, but all those guys are hurt. Yeah. And so, what 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 are Geno Smith and they're gonna do with uh, Yeoman Johnson at wide receiver? Yeah. It, it's just so you're setting them up for failure too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no winners in this. So why do it? Somebody said they're worried about uh, injury guarantees, but that even that is just dumb. Yeah. That doesn't right mean... after all of this, and, and you know how Eli is. I mean, just don't do that. If if you thought one thing, which is stupid to think in the first place, that he wouldn't feel upset about you saying you're going to bench him at halftime, and, you know, okay, <laughs> back away and say, you know what, we fucked up. Okay, we yeah. didn't think this through. We didn't really uh, uh, consider your feelings. And back away, but no, they're just like full speed ahead. They They had a lot of time to change their mind about this. Yeah. And, and the worst thing in the world that can happen on Sunday is Gino goes out there and is just absolutely awful. Yeah. And then Webb goes out there and is just absolutely awful. Yeah. And now just people going to pile on the pile on. And every time, every game, they're going to be uh, uh, zooming in on Eli's face. Yeah. Right? Yep. Now, the, the unfortunate thing about that is we can't really tell what Eli's happy anyway. He just kind of always has Eli face on. <laughs> Or an interception or a touchdown. It's, you know, it's just the same face. Yeah. But everybody's going to be interpreting. Well, what did this mean? Well, what did yeah. that mean? All for what? What the hell are they going to actually get out of this? I yeah. don't get it. No, I mean, it, it's. I feel bad a little bit for Gene. Gino's a free agent after this year, too. They're going to throw him out there to the wolves. It's like, well, that's not going to help your game tape at all. I mean, Jesus. And like McAdoo thinks, like I mean, is he seriously delusional enough to think that well the offense will be better? <laughs> I'm saying even if even if it is, by how much? Okay, yeah, score uh, 13 points a game instead of 10, you're still not gonna win. Yeah, you're still not gonna win. And again, you're not gonna light it up with with the guys around him. <laughs> it, it, it'd be different if again. Whether Alex Smith should be benched or not, right? I can understand why Chiefs fans are frustrated now because there's so much talent at the skill position in Kansas City, right? So you feel like they're being wasted. Nobody's being wasted for the New York Giants right now. (laughs) Who's being wasted? You can't even name half of the receivers that are playing for them right now. So, again, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Ah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, you know, it's full circle. I mean, you, you have the whole thing with Rivers coming out and saying that's pathetic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the, it's all that, you know, you go back to the 2004 draft with all that stuff. I just, I, I, and I guess I wonder now too, is like, does this, I mean, is he done? I mean, you think he's done in New York? You think he's done with, I mean, he'll be 37 in January, which isn't, you know, it's not, I mean, what, what are they going to do? Bring him back as a backup? Of course he's done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they might as well release him at yeah. this point. So, I, I don't know, but it, it, there's no way you can come back from this, right? No. We've all seen the clip 
of Eli uh, talking after the decision was made and how emotional he was. There's no coming back from this, man. Yeah. Everybody's got to go, too. They might not get the head coach out of there now. Yeah. They might not get the GM out of there now, either. But those guys got to go, Yeah. right? It just You've lost the fan base with this. Even New York Giants fans who had it up to here with Eli Manning know that he deserves better than this. Yeah. Right? And so there's nobody who's defending this because it's fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. I tell you what, I just, I never, uh, it's crazy. I never thought I'd see the day where, I mean, a 210 game streak. I mean, how impressive is that to begin with? To get out there and start every game since 2004, since November like week 10, I think it was in 2004 when he took over for Kurt Warner as a starter. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a long streak in the NFL. It really is. It, it is so easy to miss a game. I mean, yeah. yeah. gets rolled up on. It's just a little too swollen. Your knee, uh, you, you need to get a scoped or something like that or your wrist. I mean, so many little things. Think about a quarterback, how important his hand is to him. And probably how many times he's hit his hand on the yeah. helmet. And some kind of way, found a way to continue to start over and over and over again. It's an amazing, amazing stat. And I don't think people really understand uh, what it takes for somebody to start that many games straight. Yeah, It, it, it is a uh, uh, kind of a testament to him in and of itself, regardless of, the Super Bowls and the stats and all that. Yeah. It's just, it's just. If you play football in the NFL, everybody respects stuff like that. You just because you know how many times you went through, you know, hell and back trying to make it and play a game and still wasn't able to play. Yeah, right. You just couldn't. You needed a couple more days. It, that's just how it goes in the NFL. So for him to find a way to overcome, it's almost like he's an android or something. Him and <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, you know, like Peyton was good, good, good. And then all of a sudden that last year when they won the Super Bowl, that's, you know, he kind of finally tailed off a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And, you know, it's funny. I just I just saw earlier this morning that now the next longest active start streak is Phillip Rivers. That's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he... It, it, Philip Rivers defies the laws of uh, gravity, uh, <laughs> physics. Just you watch him play, and you're like, this dude can't run to save his life. He's got this really weird uh, throwing motion. Uh, he's he's off balance a lot when he's making these throws, and he's just tossing it up in the air, and boom, there it is, touchdown. <laughs> and he's still doing it. You just keep waiting for him to fall off. Like surely. This will be the year because he can't keep he can't get away from the rush. Yeah, right. He's just he, uh, he's just not that mobile and uh, it's, you know heaving that football up there like that looks like it's painful almost. <laughs> it's throwing motion is, but he just keeps getting the job done. So uh, I, yeah, I don't know, man. He might be able to do this for a few more years. I it's it's amazing, and you know what? The Chargers are kind of making a move right now. I mean, with the Chiefs falling apart and the Chargers kind of their one. Their last two games, they play the Browns this week, so that's you know a nice little cushion for them. I mean, this could be a, this could be a, the Chargers could make a little run at it with the wheels coming off in Kansas City. I don't know now. It's a setup. Yeah, Josh Gordon coming. Josh Gordon coming back <laughs> that's this true. week. true. And we know Josh Gordon is good for coming back and having two hundred some yard game. <laughs> that's true. And let me tell you something. I I I, I keep saying this. Kaiser isn't really terrible. Right. He just makes very bad decisions. And really, I've been thinking about this for a while. We need to understand, and people need to understand, what a bad quarterback is in the NFL. It's like different tiers. Yeah. Right? If you're just terrible, <laughs> you're Nathan Peterman throwing five interceptions in the first half, right? But if you are just a bad quarterback, that doesn't mean you can't make throws. You make throws throughout the game. It's just that you make really dumb throws at the worst possible time. <laughs> yeah. It's like Josh McCown when he threw the interception uh, against Miami at the end of the game. 
right? <laughs> it's just like very poor timing on your part or <laughs> just very bad decision making. But you might throw 10 good balls in a row. Yeah. You know, and so for, for Josh, uh, uh, for uh, Kaiser, uh, the one thing you'll see, man, he makes a lot of good throws in every game. Yeah. Like a lot of wild throws in every game. And he has some talent around him. It's just everybody's inconsistent on that offense, including him. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, the running backs. The running backs show up every day, every week. But, you know, uh, Deshaun Kaiser and those receivers, you know, he might throw a book, beautiful ball and they'll drop it. They yeah. might get wide wide open and he just totally bad throw, you know, all target. But Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon might get out there and exploit the fact that Kaiser has that huge arm. So uh, I'm telling you, I wouldn't bet on Cleveland winning this game, but I wouldn't be surprised either just because a lot of people don't realize that Kaiser is making these good throws every week. They just always see the interceptions, right? He always <laughs> yeah. some bad interceptions too. But a few more, a few more of those good throws, and then a guy like Josh Gordon, who's just a playmaker, that can make for a dangerous combination down this down this uh, uh, stretch in of the football season. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a that's a fourteen point spread in that game. That seemed now I'll have to say not not that I'm the betting expert or anything. Let me let me just assure anyone out there of that but that seems like a big spread to me for for that it, it really does and like i said i mean it would be understandable if most people aren't watching browns games at this <laughs> point right sure uh, but i'm telling you they, they kind of keep it close every week and then something stupid happens or kaiser have to come out of the game for yeah. something last week i think he got had to get checked for a concussion uh for a little while and so and then, you know, he's not necessarily as hot when he comes back and, yeah. and, and starts throwing the football. So it's just weird things keep happening to keep them from winning the game. But they've been in a lot of these games, especially against teams that aren't that good. And, and he's made some really nice throws, man. They have a rookie tight end that's really good. I uh, can't remember his name right now. Uh, but he's fast. He's He's got speed like a wide receiver. And they just got Corey Coleman back, too. Yeah. So suddenly th- this offense – could really get down the field on you in a hurt. Yeah. So I, I'm very, very, very interested in seeing uh, how they do against uh, uh, the Chargers. I think that uh, the Browns' defense has definitely played better than most people uh, uh, realize also. So, uh, you know, th- there might not be such a gimme game. But but like you said, if it is, if they make a run, uh, uh, playoff run here with everybody else, cratering in the AFC mm-hmm. West. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Philip Rizzo because I kind of felt like, you know, he, he was kind of either he was going to retire in the next couple of years or he was going to have to move on. Uh, they, they traded uh, uh, for the Ohio State kid from Buffalo, you know, from the Bills yeah. to kind of be, I think, the quarterback of the future. He's got that big arm, can get it down the field too. Yeah. Um, but Philip Rivers might be holding him off a little bit longer, man. Every week, I'm just kind of astounded. I, I, I look at the defenses he's playing, I'm like, okay, they're going to get after him in some kind of way. Yeah. He keeps from getting sacked, man. He, he's a wizard with that. Not in the same <laughs> way that, a, uh, you know, Russell Wilson gets it done, but, man, that dude finds a way to get the ball off before you can sack him. Yeah, he really does. He really does. It's uh, You know, I, it's funny. You're talking about the Browns. I was just thinking back, that Jacksonville game. I mean, they were in that all the way till the fourth quarter. And then that uh, – because I remember, because he was Haas that week. Number ninety-one had the. Um, they sacked Kaiser in the end zone and got that that kind of the backdoor cover, which is you know they covered right. the big spread. But, <laughs> yeah, and that was got, at the end of the game, like that. Sure enough, they were going in the fourth quarter. It was ten to seven. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, they they they'll usually have a chance in the fourth quarter. They just squander it. They'll find new ways. <laughs> To lose. I mean, and a lot of it is Kaiser. He just makes a, a ill-advised throw or yeah. has a, a not very good uh, awareness when he's in the pocket to his sack and gives up that fumble to end the game. Um, and they still had a chance. I mean, they they were close to being in scoring range. Yeah. When when uh, uh, Ngakwe got that sack. So if, if he doesn't fumble there, they still have a chance. Yeah. But that's the Browns this year. <laughs> 
<laughs> you just figure sooner or later they won't make one of those big mistakes. And, and like I said, with Josh Gordon in the past being such a difference maker and yeah. Hugh Jackson just gushing over him after seeing him in just a few practices, I can't wait to see what they look like this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see Gordon on the field again. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's an understatement. When you, talk, <laughs> yeah. when you talk about like you know the profiles here lately that have come out of him, and evidently he was you know Nino Brown in the Carter when he was at Baylor, or the Nino Brown of weed at least. I mean, he's yeah. selling. He's making. He's he, he's making what a six thousand dollar profit or some crazy they were saying, which which is profit. That's not the, the yeah the, uh, you know. Uh, just the gross. He he. That's what he's making in addition to whatever money he's having to haul around. And uh, how does that happen? Like how how does you how do you have this good football player on your team that's that's also the weed man? I, I don't know. That, that was crazy. <laughs> I, I, you look every every team has a guy that cuts everybody's hair. He's kind of like the team barber, but yeah. I've never heard of the team weed man like that. <laughs> That was, that was very interesting. <laughs> I wonder if that counts against sad. the cap. You know, the, the, the reason why I kind of uh, am thinking that Gordon might actually make the most of this opportunity is because every time before this, he said he didn't have a problem. <clears throat> he, he always claimed that he had it under control, that it was just a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. blase, blase. But now he's at least coming clean and saying, no, I did have a problem. I had big problems. You know, he was he wasn't just on on we he was on lean too. And uh yeah. man, that's that stuff will first of all, lean can kill you. And and second of all, if it don't do that, it can mess up your uh digestive system. And it's just I, I don't really even get why people are still on there. I I, I it, it baffles <laughs> yeah. my mind. Yeah. It's kinda like somebody bragging about smoking crack. Yeah. But you know, you have these rappers <laughs> talking about being on lean or whatever. <laughs> But really, at this point, it, it is, to me, I'm looking like you're smoking crack. But he was on all this stuff, and being a pro bowl type wide receiver at the same time. Dominant. It's amazing. Dominant it's amazing. wide receiver. And you just wonder what he can do now that he's clean. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it was almost like he was trying his damnedest <laughs> to make sure that he couldn't be any kind of an athlete at all. Yeah. And in spite of himself, his body was still like, no, you're still a family tool machine. So it, you know, it's like as if he was putting sugar in his own gas tank the whole time. Now he can put the super supreme that people just not get around to buying again since gas prices that came back down. He put the super supreme uh, in the engine. So I'm really interested to see uh, how he can bounce back. And I'm I'm hopeful that because he's finally confronted his issues and admitted that he he has them in the first place. Yeah. They actually be able to stick to it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a uh, five more games to see. I mean, you know, that'll be interesting to see what, what happens with him and how the Browns go forward from this season, but we will see. Hey, speaking of wheels coming off this chiefs thing. Woo. They look like they're in trouble now. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, you mentioned it earlier. There's a just too much damn talent for them to be scoring as little as they score. And it's almost like it's like, well, did they hit the panic button and they're just not, you know, it's like they quit running the ball and which doesn't make any sense to me. But I mean, you go right back to that dink and dunk stuff with Alex Smith. That's it's just like it's hard to watch that after they were so fun to watch. To start the season well the, the thing is uh, they should be running the football a little bit more true enough mm-hmm. but the real difference to me is Alex Smith has reverted to his old self he's not pulling the trigger yeah. anymore yeah and maybe it's because he got burned on a few interceptions or whatever and we know he hates turning the football over but you're gonna have to take shots man when you have them yeah because that offense, as you said, it is usually a dink and dunk offense. That's how you set up those big plays. Yeah. Because you get five yards, three yards, four yards, seven yards, and then the defense starts creeping up, and now you hit them over the top. Yeah. You know, 
and because it, they're tired of you just keep grinding them down uh, on these long drives. Yeah. But he's not taking the opportunity to exploit teams when they get beat deep anymore. Mm-hmm. And some of it's the offensive line too. He, he hasn't, you know, always had a clean pocket. But you see time and time again on film where he has guys deep available. Yeah. And instead, he takes the shorter route. And, and look, I don't know his reads and all that, but I do know when they were lighting it up early on in the season, he was taking those shots. Yeah. And for some reason now, he's not doing it anymore. Yeah, I, it's 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 just confusing. I, which it makes you think that like like maybe they could pull it back because – like I said, I mean, you know, they're once upon a time it looked like they had the division on lockdown, but now you know you got the Raiders and uh, the Chargers a game behind. And then they get the. Jets I mean, whatever. Yeah, whatever they, whatever it is, whatever's uh, ailing them, they need to get it fixed because they're running out of time. Yeah, and, and at some point, it's a confidence thing too. Yeah, because they were playing with so much confidence early in the season, the defense and the offense, really getting after it. Mm-hmm. And now it's almost like they kind of reverted to the old Chiefs' ways of looking for ways to just not lose a game at the end. Yeah, and if you're trying to not lose instead of trying to win, you're gonna lose those games most of the time. Yeah. So you know they need some guys on both of the ball, on both sides of the ball, to step up and make more plays. But it's also a coaching thing. As you said before, they need to get back to run the football a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Alex Smith, he, he's got to let it go. He's got to just let it rip, man, because they got too much speed now on that yeah. team. And, and you you got to take advantage when you have those matchups. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's what, you know, that was the thing that made it. You, you could see that work so well early in the season. I mean, the Patriots game that opened the I mean, that's a long time ago now. But, I mean, that's was kind of, you know, <laughs> those few deep passes he took that were so successful in that game were like enough to fuel the conversation for like the next two months about the chiefs. I mean, it was Alex Smith. Look at it. Look at this guy. Who is this Alex Smith? We don't recognize this Alex Smith out here. And then like, Oh yeah, well he's back. Right. Because, of, because it was so out of the norm for him yeah. to take yeah. those shots. Right. And so we thought, well, maybe finally he's going to start doing it, especially since he's got, Tyreek Hill on the outside yeah. who can blow by pretty much anybody. Yeah. Right? He might even can be, you know, he's he's not a tall guy, so it's still a little harder to give him the football. But most of the time, he can be double coverage. Yeah. I mean, that they, they dude is special. And <laughs> yeah. you have to have somebody give him the football. Those first first few games, games, at the very least, Alex Smith was taking those shots. And even if he didn't hit them, the defenses had to respect him. Yeah. Now it's almost like they know – well, he's not going to try that pass anyway, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, all right. Well, we, that's the Browns, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. I think we uh, we got to talk about something better at this point. We got a, a big game this week. I tell you what, the talk is the NFC South. Three teams, right? Atlanta kind of found their way again. Carolina, New Orleans are doing pretty well for themselves. And then you got a big game with uh, the Panthers in new Orleans to take on the saints this week. That's a tough one. It is a tough one. And, uh, you know, uh, the saints finally lost the game. They won all those games in a row, finally lost the game. And so we'll have to see if that hurt their confidence at all, because they were rolling. Yeah. I mean, what they had like seven wins in a row or something, uh, uh, and, and uh, they just found ways to win. They were all blowouts, of course. Uh, a couple of them went right down to the wire. Uh, but they were finding ways to win. Their defense was playing well. Now the cornerbacks are, are banged up a little bit. Their defense isn't, it, it isn't as uh, sound and disciplined as it was with those guys, which is crazy because, you know, Marshawn Lattimore was, is a rookie. Yeah. But some kind of way it seems like his play helped bring discipline to the whole defense. Yeah. Uh, uh, and now, you know, you're seeing the bust and stuff that we didn't see early on in the season. And so it's back to kind of being that old same situation where uh, you might have to play from behind a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and so we'll see, uh, one, you know, if they're going to get Lattimore back. I, I don't know if they – I don't think they put him on IR. I think he's kind of week to week uh, yeah. right now. Um, 
and just if they will kind of help right the ship and if they can at least, uh, you know, kind of float for a little while while he's still out. Uh, but, you know, that defense playing so well had, had been such a big part uh, of that winning streak. And, of course, the running game, which is still phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, it's almost now, the crazy thing now is you almost feel like they should run the ball even more and, and throw it even less, even though they still have Drew Brees and yeah. he's still playing at a high level. So, I mean, Alvin Kamara is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Every week he does something else that just makes you go wild. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, uh, I, I mean, the Saints, I think, are still a scary team, especially if they get the cornerbacks back. Um, but for now, they're kind of, you know, a little bit vulnerable. And, and we'll see with, with, with the Panthers going back to having Cam run the football a lot. Mm-hmm. Man, they, they will, that's a team that could beat you any given week. Yeah. Right? He gives you that chance pretty much every single week now, even when he's not throwing the football all that well, just the fact that they've added that, you know, running game with him out in the field more mm-hmm. instead of, at, you know, they start the season with that, oh, well, we're going to try to stay in the pocket and not do that much anymore. <laughs> yeah. And he was banged up coming <laughs> off surgery. But like I said, they threw that shit out the window when they figured out that if we're going to run pretty much the same offense, we can't function without this part of our game and the game plan. Yeah. And, and just, uh, I mean, he, he's he's a cheat code. He's a cheat mm-hmm. code on, especially on critical downs, you know, third and two, and, and you can just run the quarterback for two yards and lean over. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to worry about <laughs> dropping back and all the things that might go with, with a pass, an interception, a sack and fumble. No, just line up and run uh, 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 uh quarterback dive or quarterback <laughs> counter. I mean, it's crazy. And so, like I said, as long as they have that game, part of the game plan back in, they have a chance pretty much every week. Their defense is still playing well. Julius yeah. Peppers is a million years old and still getting sacks. So, it, you know, that's a team that uh, 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 is battling to be, to get back to the playoffs this year. I mean – I, I I think that in recent history the Panthers have kind of, you know, consistently be, consistently been good, so they're used to it. Mm-hmm. And the Saints haven't, you know what I'm saying? They kind of been, you know, the whole seven and nine thing, yeah. kind of like the Rams. <laughs> um, so this is a little new for for a lot of the guys on that team. It'll be interesting to see, you know, which team plays with cores and plays like they've been there before. Yeah. This week. Yeah, I was thinking about that too cuz like you you know the Panthers defense obviously so is just out of its world out playing out of its mind right now. But you know that's an interesting matchup to me with Luke Keekley against the Ingram Kamara duo cuz Luke Keekley's so good at shutting down guys like that. Yeah, but I'm telling you that Alvin Kamara, he he's, he's something pretty different. Tough to shut down. He, he, yeah, he's a little different from what you're used to, man. I mean, uh the, the, you know, that game winning uh touchdown he scored a couple of weeks ago, I don't think people really gave him enough props for it. He kind of double caught it. He, he bobbled it, kept his composure, and yeah. just re-caught it, even though he was in traffic on the way to the end zone. Yeah. I, I thought that it was going to get intercepted. When I saw it kind of get tipped up in the air, I'm like, okay, that's it, game over. And he, he re-caught it and, and had enough awareness to make a move, basically, as soon as he caught the ball so he wouldn't get blasted yeah. and just continued on. I don't even think some of the players involved in that play could believe that he recaught that football. They almost reacted like, what the <laughs> shit just happened? <laughs> I mean, that kid is special, man, and he just glides. He yeah. just glides. He, he almost looks like one of those old Madden players. Right? <laughs> He's yeah. like, well, this is not realistic. Well, he, yeah, I mean, he kind of looks like that. He just kind of glides. Yeah. Uh, side to side. And, 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 but he's... Str- but he's so much stronger than you think he is that he's also running through arm tackles and stuff. So, yeah. you know, I, I like Mark Ingram, but just the more they give the ball to Kamara, yeah, I, I think the better off they'll be. Yeah, yeah, he's something else, man. I, I yeah, it's just I'm just looking back at this. I was trying to find that touchdown. It's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even, right. it's not like he's a 20 carry a game guy or anything, but man, every time he touches the ball, he produces something. Right. And it's, and it's just crazy. I mean, it's like, 
like I said, it doesn't even look like nothing at first. And then all of a sudden, he's squirting through there, making guys miss and stuff like that. Yeah. And he makes it look so easy. That, yeah. That's the other part of it is, you know, he doesn't expend a whole lot of energy. He's not doing a whole lot of jitterbug and all no. that stuff. And shaking, he's just like, zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, really, really fun to watch. Yeah, it is. That ought to be, I mean, that's a good game. I'm kind of surprised that didn't get flexed but uh who knows what they're thinking on that but that was a that'll be a good game you know the other one is this falcons vikings game falcons kind of got a little bit of their mojo back lately kind of i mean i'm I'm not ready to crown them or anything like that but i mean the vikings are hitting on all cylinders right now too but they're in atlanta this week so that might give them a little bit of an edge the falcons at any rate so the big thing that the Falcons are doing now is Steve Sarkeesian finally woke up and said, you know what? I have Julio Jones. Let me get the ball to Julio Jones. Yeah. And Julio Jones is like, thank you. Ain't going to wear people the hell out. The, the Tampa Bay Bucks coach said they played something like 16 different coverages, and it didn't matter. He destroyed them in every single one of them. Yeah. They tried like all different kind of ways to double-team him, and he still – you know, went for like 250. <laughs> so, um, this is th- that's really the difference. It really is. Yeah. It sounds amazingly simple, but it's really the difference. He finally figured out hey, the more I get the ball to Julio, the higher our chances of winning. And so, now th- that's really what's gotten their mojo back on track. Um, and they get Devonta Freeman back this week, coming yeah. off of the impression that he's, he's missed a few games. So, uh, really. They, they could uh, be making a playoff run here shortly, too. Yeah. Uh, I think they're like five and six or something like that. Just a, a game or so back from the leader in the AFC uh, South. So I, I wouldn't write the Falcons off. I know they were looking rocky for a minute. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, uh, you know, once the offense coordinator figured out that he had Julio Jones on his team, <laughs> everything has looked so much better. <laughs> once you realize, like, oh, I don't have to throw a three-yard ra- flat to – Julio Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was really something else. Uh, yeah, they're seven and four. I mean, they're one game. They lost to the Panthers earlier. I was trying, they haven't played the Saints at all yet. So, I mean, there's a huge division race to go here. I mean, you could have right now. You you've got both wild card teams coming from the NFC South. I actually didn't realize they their record was that good. Yeah, that's the thing about the Falcons is they, they you know, for one, it, it's weird because the Saints and the Panthers are eight and three. Yeah, but uh, you know the Falcons just haven't played well. Uh, well, I put it this way: when they haven't played well, they play awful. Yeah, and so that kind of colors your perception. Like, well, damn, they suck, <laughs> and then they come back the next week and they win, and it's kind of like still maybe not just a huge win until these last couple weeks. But yeah, I'm actually surprised they're seven and four. I thought they were like five and six or something. No, so they have an excellent chance of jumping right back in there, just being one game back. Yeah, off of the Saints and Panthers. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, like you said, th- this is the most dangerous division. Uh, even the Buccaneers are supposed to be getting uh, Jameis Winston back this week, which should put. But now they lost two starting offensive linemen last week, also to, mm-hmm. to IR. So it's going to be a, a tough road to hold for them to get back in it. But right now, that's probably the one of the most competitive uh, 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 divisions. Yeah, is the AFC South. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's the three. Uh, yeah, I mean that's and then all three of those teams are playing kind of pivotal games this week too, with plenty more to come. Like I said, I'm I was surprised that the Falcons still have two against the Saints. So that's really, I mean, you know, that's a it's going to be a good month of football. Now, on the Vikings side of it, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not alone in this, but as as good as the Case Keenum story is, yeah. I think we're all kind of waiting on him to come back to earth. Yeah. Right? Now, every week he kind of proves us wrong, but you just wonder, like, when is it going to happen? And, and maybe it won't happen. Maybe he actually has gotten that much better. Yeah. Right? But I think, like I said, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think we're all kind of waiting for him to come back to earth. And this might be the week where that happens. So, uh, 
that like you said, that'll be an interesting matchup this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I, and the Minnesota thing, I, you know, I was reading something about Keenum the other day, and, like, I mean, a lot of it's not that the – it doesn't seem to me like the guys I – mean, obviously, I'm not a quarterback's expert or anything like that, but, you know, the guys – it's not – you, you you can make a lot of progress. It's the Alex Smith rule. If you don't make mistakes, you can make <laughs> you can really make a name for yourself as a quarterback. Right, right. And those kind of guys can kind of get by when it's a close game. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if, with the Falcons playing the way they are on offense now, getting the ball to Julio Jones, that's that's what I mean. We may will he be able to? continue to play mistake free yeah. if he actually has to 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 force some things because they're behind by more than a touchdown. Yeah. So uh and, and maybe he will. Like I said, I, I'm not going to just say that he's gonna fall out this weekend. I'm just saying because the Falcons have a chance to finally put up some points on their Vikings defense, whereas most teams do not because yeah. their defense has been playing lights out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about Jacksonville, but man uh, uh, the Vikings really have been getting getting after the getting after it this year. Yeah. Okay, got tongue tied, and, <laughs> and so you know that that has helped take a lot of the burden off of Case Keenum, where he doesn't have to be the guy to try to lead them from behind a lot. So yeah. that's why I say I just think that this is one week where if he is going to kind of come back to earth, it, it has a good chance of happening because of how the Falcons are playing on offense. Yeah. Yeah, and that Ro- Xavier Rhodes on Julio will be an interesting matchup too to watch. Well, right now Julio, like it doesn't even matter who you put on. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna need two, buddy. I, 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 that would be my advice. You got Pat Peterson, you're gonna need two. Yeah, you, you uh, Rose, you're gonna need two. I don't, I don't even care who you got. You're gonna need two because right now Julio is not fucking around. <laughs> What's the the Sunday night game? Is the is this the week that it's yeah it's the it's the Seahawks against the it's the Eagles at the Seahawks. So I I didn't see a lot of picks from our panel for the Seahawks this week, a couple but not a lot. But I uh, you know I, I think the most interesting thing about the Seahawks is they haven't been quite as bad as I thought they would be without Richard Sherman and without Cam Chancellor. But Russell Wilson's playing really good football, and it's hard to see that because, you know, the offensive line sucks. They don't have a running game. But I was counting it up this morning, 27 offensive touchdowns. Russell Wilson has been responsible for 26 of those. Yeah, now, that that is definitely good for Russ, but that is not good for the team. No. They, they definitely need, you know, some help. They need the running game. To help them out, that that had been their identity for so long, and now they're kind of having to lean a little too much on Russell Wilson. To be honest with you, uh, he has been playing well, but I will say the last couple of weeks he's made some bad throws that I haven't really seen from him mm-hmm. in a long time. Just ill-advised into into traffic throws that normally he avoids. Yeah. Uh, now he he's bounced back from those, like I said, but you, 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 they just have such a thinner margin for error now yeah that you wonder uh you know is, is he going to start kind of uh, uh wearing down having to carry them as much as he does now with those yeah. guys out uh on the defensive side of the football i mean it, their defense up front they're still getting after you of course uh they had a young guy in uh last week 57 uh can't remember his name but he was actually pass rushing pretty well I guess maybe that's the guy that they felt like uh, made uh, Dwight Freeney expendable. Yeah. But um, they still get out to your front, but, man, it, you know, the back end just ain't the same. Yeah. And so they, they, they don't have that kind of intimidating presence anymore either as a defense. And, and so, you know, that, that kind of rolls downhill. Like I said, I, I just – I think Russ is, Russ is just so special. He, he's another guy that makes – really hard stuff look easy mm-hmm. uh, uh, and he's able to avoid the rush and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he's made some, some decisions and throws that have me questioning, um, you know, if he, if it's finally at the point where they're just asking him to do too much to try to carry that team. Yeah. Uh, we know that forever they, they didn't get him any help on the offensive line. So I'm sure he's tired of hell 
at this point in the season, he's been running for his damn life. Yeah. For for eleven or twelve weeks now. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, after a while, you just start seeing stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it comes down this stretch. If that running game still can't get going, and that defense isn't the, the defense isn't as suffocating as it normally is. I think that you'll see Russ make a few more of those mistakes that will end up costing them some games. Yeah, yeah, and I mean this is an eagle. This is a this Eagles defense is a little better than the 49ers one they saw last week. Right, but he th- I think he threw an interception on the first play last week. Too. Yeah, 49 yeah. like a just you know what I think it was the Eric Reed uh, interception. Just not a smart decision to throw. Yeah. So uh, again, no, you don't expect him to do that. He do that against the Eagles. They're gonna be down seven nothing real <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah. Like you said, it's gonna be a lot less forgiving when it's the Eagles and they lighten it up on both sides of the football. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. And they get that, you know, and they got the kind of defense line that can exploit uh, uh, the deficiencies on the Seahawks offensive line because they got pass rushes everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they don't just have one guy. If you just got one guy. Maybe they can be neutralized against the Seahawks. When you got a, a defensive line full of killers, like like the Eagles, <laughs> again, Russell Wilson probably somewhere in a hyperbaric chamber right now, doing you know <laughs> drinking, got a Gatorade IV and all that because he know he's gonna be running for his life again this week. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know, it'll be a – I mean, I'm not – you know, I think Seattle's probably got a, a tough road to the playoffs. But, I mean, they're kind of interesting to watch in just that they always seem to have weird shit happen in their games. So, I mean, I'll always take Seattle in primetime because the, you know something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> oh, man, let's see. What else, what else is – what? It seems like the Eli story was the thing that kind of sucked up all the oxygen in the NFL this week. Obviously, you got some big games, but um, other than that, I mean, it's uh, Jerry Jones dropped his lawsuit, and so I guess that little brush fire is uh, at least tabled until the owners get together next month. Uh, so, yeah, it's been all Eli Manning this week. Eli Manning well, we in, in the playoff run. We did have a little bit of news, uh, not necessarily – on the field news, but um, the players' coalition yes. has essentially uh, dissolved. Um, uh, several of the players who were joining in uh, with Anquan Bolden and Malcolm Jenkins have withdrawn uh, from uh, the players' coalition because they said they don't feel like yeah. uh, their best interests are being served. And, and there was also the comment from Eric Reed yesterday that evidently the players' coalition. Uh, uh, quote unquote kicked out Colin Kaepernick yeah. or, or didn't want to include him and just to be honest with you I kind of felt like there was some tension already Yeah. Um, it started with um, when they first met with the owners and then when uh, the meeting let out somebody asked Malcolm Jenkins about why Colin Kaepernick wasn't there mm-hmm. now there were a lot of ways he could have handled that situation but the way he chose to go about it, in my opinion, he threw Colin Kaepernick under the bus. You know, said he had no idea. You need to ask Colin. He should have been here. Uh, he was invited, which he wasn't. Yeah. And then that led to a whole back and forth with Colin's lawyers and and Malcolm Jenkins about you know taking the ba- taking back what he said. And, and and you know this has kind of been rumbling under the radar a little for a while, in my opinion. You had to pay real close attention, but I could tell there was some tension there. And, and you know what? That's fine. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't have to be under the same umbrella to make something happen. Yeah. And so, you know, that's my takeaway from this is, uh, I thought it was noble that they all kind of tried to come together and, and do something under, under one blanket or one flag or what have you. But, um, if they feel like, they can do better separately or they don't feel like their interests were being served together. Yeah. Then it's absolutely appropriate to break off rather than stay and then let things get worse. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I, I don't feel like this in any way hurts any of the people involved. I just feel like it was kind of unfortunate that it got to this point in the first place. Cause like I said, 
if you pay close attention, you could tell that, you know, there was some rumblings going on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you kind of wondered when the NFL agreed to like, well, we'll give money to, you know, community causes. You kind of wondered how that would affect this because I mean, you know, and not to take away from the NFL giving out what I think they said, guaranteed 80 89 million dollars and there were more mechanisms within that plan auctions and stuff like that where they could memorabilia and stuff like that where they could you know push it up closer to 100 million over seven years but i mean and that's you know that's good i'm not going to knock that by any means i mean they're probably going to give money to organizations that can really use it and really have an important impact in people's lives but you kind of wonder when the nfl and then the tension with owners and how that was going to impact the players too. And Reed said yesterday, they, I think Jim Trotter said that that wasn't the case, but Eric Reed said that he had been told if you take this money, you know, you, you can't kneel anymore. We, we expect you not to kneel anymore. So there's always that, that tension between, you know, the, the, the people in the movement and the, and then the, the company that co-ops the movement kind of thing. Right. And and really and truly, who didn't see that coming? Yeah. I mean, because, again, remember, uh, Jerry Jones was so upset that uh, meeting with the players didn't immediately lead to everybody, you know, standing up for yeah. the anthem. And, and that's when he started calling for you need to suspend them. And, and yeah, this is in the rule book. Right. So. That was the whole play. This was a, a a PR stunt to get them in front of TV and cameras with the owners, yeah, and making it seem like the owners had made at least a a legit uh, uh, effort mm-hmm. to understand. But remember this now: um, there were leaks or, and reports coming out of the meeting initially. They painted a, a very rosy picture, but yeah. then after that, there were other leaks that didn't paint quite uh, uh, <laughs> as rosy a picture said you know some owners weren't paying attention and and you know certain comments were made yeah remember that and i told you man <laughs> the, the nfl is cold-blooded when it comes to pr yeah right they know that the one rule they always follow is they get their side of the story out first mm-hmm. every single time yeah and so the lasting impression everybody got was oh man everything went great but but they but those owners who are never going to really really support this, and we're only doing it for the PR aspect. So now there could be pressure. Well, we met with them. Why are they still kneeling? Yeah. Type of deal. I mean, it was transparent as fuck about that. Yeah. And so uh, uh, it's just again, who didn't see that coming? And I'm I'm thankful that Eric Reed was like, "You can kiss my ass." Yeah. I'm still gonna kneel, but. Who thought that that was a good trade-off? Because evidently somebody did. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying I know who did, but evidently somebody was agreeable to that. Or why would they bring to Eric Reed in the first place? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and like even if even if that had never Reed had never said that or had, any of that stuff had never come out in the wash, I mean, you really got to be pretty naive to think that the NFL was going to make this agreement and not sort of you know tacitly expect players to stop protesting you know what i mean i'm like we're giving you money now what are you protesting for well you can't be doing that anymore we're we're giving you a hundred million dollars here exactly exactly that's always the way it had always the way it works and when the truth of the matter is if they were genuinely concerned about what the players were upset about if they if the players actually reached them for real and got them to understand uh the blight of police brutality and how it's affecting all of our communities and uh, uh, how so many officers get away with brutalizing and even killing black and brown people, then it wouldn't be any strings attached. This would be something that they really wanted to do. This is, that is the epitome of a PR stunt when there's a, a queer pro quo. Okay, I'll do this, but only if you do that. Right, that, that that's an exchange. <laughs> that's a, a exchange for goods and services. That is not some charity. That is not you giving to a cause. 
that is you buying something. Really, you're buying their uh 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 uh. Let's see, a non-offensive word for this, <laughs> but their obedience. Yeah, you're buying their obedience. Yeah. Now you can't kneel because we're giving you this money. Yep. And, and I couldn't even say fuck you enough times to their face if they had said that to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, that's, you know, there's always that quid pro quo, whether it's stated or implied in any company that, you know, company, business, whatever, they're going to come and say, you know, you could, we have progressive values. Everyone's got progressive values until the union comes to town. <laughs> I better say, I better uh, watch that. <laughs> I'm getting in trouble here, but <laughs> you know, that was, you know, that shit. Though. I mean, you know that that's what those end up. You, I guarantee you next year. Bob McNair, Jerry Jones, and those guys will come back to this if, if players are still kneeling, and I'm sure they will because that's stuff's not going to change over the next year, you know? Well, I, I made a prediction <clears throat> a few weeks back. Um, I said, first, uh, I saw that I think it was Fox said that they would no longer show the anthem mm-hmm. uh, before the game. And then a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, you know what? I bet you by the end of the year, uh, the other networks are going to follow suit. Yeah. Now that hasn't really happened so far, uh, but but there's been a lot of kind of special occasions like they're going to show the anthem for the Thanksgiving Day games, right? There's just something they're going to do, uh, and then military military appreciation day stuff of that nature. But I still have a feeling that by the end of the year, the other networks are going to start following suit. And then I saw a, a, a report the other day. There was something else I predicted. I said, and then by next year. They will go back to not being on the field for the anthem in the first place. Yeah. And now, and that's why I said guys who want to protest need to go ahead and do it because by next year, you won't be able to protest. I mean, you'll be protesting in your own locker room where can't nobody see you. Yeah. And that's how they'll fix this whole thing. They'll fix it by burying it. Yep. They'll fix it by making sure that if you want to protest, nobody will see it unless you do it during the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start putting in for uh, 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 celebration penalties and stuff, that if somebody kneels, you get a flag. Yeah. Or if somebody raises a fist, you get a flag. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're, gonna, they're going to bury this. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. And so that's why if you're going to protest, man, you better understand that they're not just going to let you keep doing it. Yeah. So it, it, the time is wasting. <laughs> if you want to raise your fist or kneel or whatever you want to do, I almost can guarantee you won't be able to do it next year what people can see you do yeah yeah for sure for sure you knew i mean you just you knew it was gonna head this way eventually once especially once you know it became a political football thing too you know right because then some of those quote-unquote progressive owners are gonna look at this too like well i support their right to free speech but man, this is an easy way to get rid of this problem for everybody. Yeah, we're, we're all better be- off with ratings. This is gonna hurt our ratings, and we don't want to hurt that. Right, exactly. They're gonna bury it. Yeah. So, you know, you you can't fully bury a movement, but but you definitely can keep it in the shadows. Like they said, the revolution will not be televised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. It's uh. That's the way. That's the way it goes. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. And we got we got a bunch of games. Let's see how those play out this week. And we will be back here next week to digest the results. Uh, and God knows whatever else happens in the NFL next week. Who knows who's going to get benched while we're as soon as we hang up the phone today. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be somebody. Or some <laughs> big news or something. You know, I did see something about uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers ahead of schedule. On his uh, yeah, rehab. So we'll see. Maybe maybe that we'll be talking about that next week. Well, and you saw uh, Clay Matthews. Like we probably shouldn't have put him on IR in the first place, but he's eligible to come off in December. Like, I think, right, close to Christmas. I think is around then. So, but I mean, I'm not probably too late for the Packers at that point. Yeah, it's not looking good for him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it's when he went down, it exposed all the other problems the Packers had. <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny how that happens. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, all right, Stephen, we uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll have lots more to talk about. Can't wait. 